0: welcome to vibe talk awaken i'm your host vibe queen on the show we will get to know artists entrepreneurs and coaches living life and their truth after experiencing an awakening we'll talk about their journey wisdom and any tools they've learned along their path thank you so much for being here Hello everyone. Just wanted to jump on here before my conversation with Leah. We actually recorded this while I was visiting LA back in November of 2020. We cover some spicy topics, everything from politics to vaccines, race, and what it's like being a mom in the dance world. I encourage you to listen with an open mind and heart, even if something comes up you disagree with. When we can have a productive, conscious conversation, I believe it moves the conversation itself forward, and that is the whole purpose of this podcast i hope you enjoy the episode and here we go i'm excited to have a very special guest i'm your host by queen and behind every good dancer is a devoted parent leah is the dance mom to charlice glass a 19 year old professional dancer who started at just two years old and is represented by clear talent group she has danced for the super bowl missy elliott Justin Bieber, and competed on MTV's America's Best Dance Crew and World of Dance. Today, we get to know the story of her mom, who is a conscious parent and co-owner of Glass House LA, an up-and-coming dance studio. We will dive into what it's like raising a biracial daughter in the entertainment industry as a proud Christian and Trump supporter. So welcome to the show, Leah. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm a little nervous.
0: (laughs) I know it's your first interview. Yeah, first interview ever. All right. Just take a deep breath. We're just going to have a chat. We're going to get to know your side of the story. I know you have very strong views. I'm excited to really dive into it. So before we get to the nitty gritty, I want to know a little bit about your backstory. So I know Charlize is definitely an athlete. She's been doing this since she was two, but I know you have a background in athleticism as well. You're a former bodybuilder.
1: Can you talk a little bit about your journey with that? Yeah. I started working out when I was 17 years old in high school and fell in love with fitness. And I taught aerobics a little bit and I should have stayed with that. I went to nursing, but I really do have a love for fitness and bodybuilding. And then Charlize's father is a very well-known, I don't know if Charles Glass, but he's very famous in the bodybuilding industry. So Charlize has both parents that are both pretty athletic and we both competed. And I met Charles in Gold's gym and I competed, I don't know, four or five times back in the nineties and I've been, been to fitness ever since. Very cool. And do you still uh, lift at all or still into bodybuilding? I still or? lift. I'm not competing anymore. I don't have any desire for that. But I, I do love fitness. And I have altered and... In- evolved, I guess you could say in nutrition wise, because, you know, I fell in love with more nutritious foods versus mm-hmm. bodybuilding type of a diet. Back then it was all about competing and those was before kids. So right. I have all the time to be in the gym twice a day. It was morning and night, twice a day, chicken and broccoli and brown rice, and that's it. <laughs> and now I, I found love for dinner with my friends and it's okay to have a glass of wine and it's okay to have sushi. And then I enjoy, I've discovered more healthy lifestyle, I guess you can say. I like vegan food. I'm not vegan, but I like vegan food and I've discovered more organic foods and healthier lifestyle per se. Gotcha. It's not as rigorous. I know
0: growing up, it's so funny. I didn't know that her dad was a bodybuilder because my dad used to compete. Uh, My dad is still very athletic. Uh, He doesn't uh, compete anymore, but he was a professional bodybuilder. So I remember seeing my dad doing the whole meal prep and all of that. So I remember it's very uh, discipline
1: oriented. So very discipline oriented. It can also get to a level of unhealthiness almost sometimes. So you have to be on that all the time. And it, you know, I just don't want to be like that all the time anymore. My focus changed once I had shows My intentions were to compete again. And Charles was in fact going to train me again, train me for my last one. But after having a baby, that changes everything.
0: Gotcha. And how did things change for you once you had your daughter and how did you recognize that she would be so athletic as well when it came to dance? Oh
1: God, she was literally you could ask her dance teacher that she had muscles and her hamstrings wow in a diaper <laughs> so we were always laughing about the hamstrings and charles would be like cats and like hamstrings but she was just a natural like standing at the tv bouncing, just moving but bouncing at the tv wow. to dora the explorer and in the wiggles dorothy <laughs> so i was like yep putting her in dance right away Wow, and um, she just soaked it up had a rhythm like that. And yeah, to answer your question, my um, focus was 1000% to being a mom and being with her. It was hard for me to find time to get to the gym. When you have a baby and you're working, it's welcome to motherhood mm-hmm. and adjusting to more things than before babies. It's just you. Yeah. I had to figure it out. Take a Bajor and go for a walk up the hills and figure out how to get fitness in. Um so once you realized that you wanted to take this full
0: throttle when it came to dance, and I know there's a lot of sacrifice as a dance mom uh, and yes, dance so classes well, and costumes. So well. They're not cheap. How were you able to make that work doing that and just going through that? Can you share that with us? Yeah, it was definitely not easy.
1: I, I took her to the dance studio when she was two and I was like, I kept calling her because someone gave me her number. At the rage and it took her a minute to call me back and I said, am I crazy? But I think this kid has talent. She's oh, let me take a look at her, whatever I brought her in. And she was like, OMG, like I'm obsessed with her. And then that's how it started. And she was always in the front and center. And at one point she just, you could tell that it clicked the, I guess she could say that the swag mm-hmm. and then she just had it. The it factor. But yeah. <laughs> but as far as costumes, her dad did help me out with costumes at that point he was helping me with dance so he helped me with costumes together we we made it work he didn't help me i don't know if i should say this he didn't help me take care of her physically i did everything but he helped me with costumes okay awesome so i want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about
0: what's happening today and just the pressure when it comes to to race because i know for me i'm biracial as well and growing up i know this sounds cliche but i didn't really see race as a kid my mom was white my dad's black so it's just that those are my parents yeah so it was other people that would remind me of my race did Mm -hmm. you find that you had a similar experience with Charlize, and did you have to have that conversation with
1: her no conversation okay because we didn't see any color Yeah, it's interesting because I've seen lots of people ask those questions Mm -hmm. and it was never a question. Racism is racism because people make it racism, but it wasn't a problem ever, ever. She was always happy and thriving and doing well because she's beautiful. I teach my daughter to walk in a room. She'll say, mom, welcome. Everybody's looking at me. And I tell her because you're beautiful because you're you're Charlize Glass. I pump my kid up to know that she is it. She is beautiful. Not I'm black or I'm oppressed
0: or my skin color. Has that been difficult this year with what you've been seeing and just also being Christian and being a Trump supporter and what you've been seeing with the BLM movement, how has that played a toll on you and her? What
1: I have experienced, and I think a lot of people um, can agree with me and maybe disagree, I've gotten a lot of DMs, a lot, and a lot of positive people, and a lot of hateful people. I get both. Or maybe some is hate, some is kids, some is trolls, some is just genuinely wanting to learn more and asking questions. I feel like a lot of people are just ill-informed, and they're listening to garbage repeating itself on mainstream media. And it's just this constant repeat of... Trump's a racist instead of actually really researching it mm-hmm. people have said he said this and this and I said no actually he said this and th- I don't know if you want to go into that he said this and then this not that but however let's scale it back a bit yeah have you always been a Trump supporter or did your views yeah, good change question. okay so I grew up my mom was a Democrat okay so yeah so I grew up thinking that's what everybody was and I grew up thinking that rich people were Republicans. And poor See. people were Democrats. That's just what we all were. That's what I was taught. And you grew up in California? I grew up in California. Okay. And I don't really remember anybody being Republican. That was the norm. My mom is still a Democrat. So I remember dating Charles before we had a baby. And I remember talking about, I don't even remember who was office at the time. I was 30. And he was like, you're Republican, aren't you? And I'm like, I don't know. This goes back to like, how does Charlize feel? She's She just turned 19, but this whole year, she's 18. So she doesn't really know. She's figuring things out. I don't remember what I was when I was 18. I was 30 when I was with Charles and he's teasing me. And I'm like, I don't know, leave me alone. And so to be honest, I don't think I really knew. And I don't even think I really figured out until maybe the past 10 years. I did not vote for Obama. And I don't think a lot of people knew that. I held it quiet because when Obama became president, it was a really big deal in the black right. community. Absolutely. And I think even half those black people have woken up and they would agree that, oh yeah, I felt this way, Myself but I don't included. feel this way anymore. <laughs> yeah. MLK, Martin Luther King said a black leader is going to come soon. And so when Obama became president, he said, you can be whatever you want to be and that was everything to the Black community. And that's true. It proved that a Black person can be anything they want to be. That's what I do to my daughter. However, I don't think people realize Obama is a massive cultural Marxist. Let's talk about that. Huge. I, I just saw this. I don't know if you know this, Dr. Vadi Balsham. I don't know how to say his name, but gosh, he's a huge influence for me. And I have watched this seminar maybe three times. It's so deep, but he... You know, goes into depth about how you know Obama is a very dangerous man. And, and he is very radical in hate crimes, radical in infanticide. He made race rela- relations worse. So it's almost like a setup to Trump. How were you able to, or how did you
0: recognize that back in 2008? Because I'll be honest with you, I voted for Obama 100% because he was Black.
1: And it's weird because <laughs> I question myself. I don't remember okay yeah i'm 50 and it's like a lot of years i take this mushroom powder tell my memory but I, I don't remember why but whatever it was didn't sit right with me and i didn't always live a perfect christian life but this is the great awakening this year and it really woke me up to go back to where i was baptized when i was 16 years old i became a christian when i was 16. i don't think people know that because i don't talk about it they see pink hair and they automatically assume I am a certain way because I'm a dance mom in Liberal, California. Mm. They don't realize I have morals and beliefs. And my daughter went to a Christian school up until sixth grade. She studied the Bible in school. She had to do a memory verse, I think, once a month and say it out loud in front of the class. So I didn't. I don't know why I didn't vote for him, but whatever he said or the other party said, it, it I went with whatever aligned with my beliefs. Then here came Hillary and Trump, and I can tell you I didn't study, didn't watch the debates. Mm -hmm. I I say this, well, I'm not a political person. And people are laughing at me because everything on my stories is politics. But right now, how can you not not know what's going on? There's nothing else to do. So I'll tell you how I let it was COVID and being Mm -hmm. a nurse that led me from one thing to another and all the dots connected. I know I can tell you this and everybody knows me, that I have a really sick sense for people right away. And I can tell people, I can read people right away, whether it be on the screen or in person, but I can pretty much tell, and I've always been right. My daughter knows that I've always been right, especially in this industry. People will social climb and people will come in your face and you have to be aware and you have to have good discernment as a mom. And well, their intentions all these yeah. dance moms at, yeah. you guys have to have discernment because you can't just shove your kid to whomever because of the following.
0: Sometimes we see what we want to see. And especially with the entertainment industry, even from my own experience, when you want an opportunity, you want something to be true so bad, you're willing to negate everything else. And especially, I'm not a parent. However, I can imagine if you want what's best for your child and especially if your child wants it too, it's okay, I don't want to take that away. Have you experienced any self-doubt from her or has she always been able to be this confident young woman? from young, since you've instilled those values? Or have you seen that she's had any self-doubt this past year?
1: I don't think she has any self-doubt with her dance at all. Maybe uh, typical teenage stuff. Do I look good or my body and stuff like that, but not dance? No, I think she knows. And I tell her and everyone tells, she knows. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. You're supposed to know. You need to be confident. Right? confident in your skills yeah. mm-hmm. so she's turned down jobs where she's been asked to dance in lingerie for okay. high-end choreographers for Rihanna and she didn't want to do it wow and that was a discussion in our house because she wanted to do it and that's great and it's great or it's it can be great but also you have to be careful because in this industry when you turn down choreographers they might not hire you again or look at you again hopefully not that's the case
0: true however i think with her level of talent and ability she's going to become her own choreographer
1: i I agree and so it's so you know what i mean so she can then
0: make those hiring decisions and create um, her own empire but speaking of that so because my daughter is curvy
1: and girls, girl, teenagers, have this body that they come to terms with. And a lot of people on her page where well, she's whitewashed or she has wow. too many white friends. So people who are like, maybe she just isn't not comfortable with her body because she has too many white friends, perhaps. However, what I discovered was there are more black women confident than white women. I discovered that because, okay, so watch Uncle Tom. Everybody watch Uncle Tom. I know it sounds quirky, but I'm telling you, it's on YouTube. You can rent it or buy it. I rented it. It was so good. I had to go back and buy it. I would recommend buying it because you you're going want it. your nieces and brothers and uncles and cousins to watch it. And you're going to want to reuse it because the information is so good that a lot of white people have more body image Just playing with anorexia and and being skinny versus women coming to terms, brown and Latino women becoming confident because of their curves. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So another thing I want to talk about self-esteem. Self-esteem. Okay. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, the fact that you're a registered nurse, and so you're a registered nurse during a pandemic. What has that been like from the beginning to now? Did you at any point buy into the, the whole COVID-19. Yeah, it gets
1: tricky because you say, oh, I don't buy into it. And then they automatically go, she said, it's not real, right? No, one's disagreeing that it's not real. In fact, I had it and I felt like I had the flu Mm -hmm. and I recovered just fine. I didn't buy into it just because it it didn't make sense to me. you know what? It didn't make sense to me when everything was getting shut down. Because I'm an advocate for mental health, and I've been working in pediatrics. I worked in peds for my whole nursing career, and I see how many kids come in the hospital. There was one night we had 10 kids in the ER for suicide, and And one of them was 10 years old. 10 years old. Wow. It breaks my heart. Those kids break my heart. So that's before covid Imagine now, I was watching lives, and kids coming on lives, and they're just depressed. They need to get outside, and they need friends, and I believe in school. I noticed it right away, because I just felt for the kids. I'm like, there's no way. You have to show me the proof. And even they prepped us, so as a nurse, I don't work in inpatient anymore. I moved to outpatient, so they were prepping us outpatient, We have a nurse that's 70 years old and she hasn't been in patient nursing for 30 years. And you imagine she was freaking out because they put us in this class for prepping for a surge. So just in case we have to surge, we have to get you ready for the floors. Because in case hospitals get maxed out with these COVID patients, you guys need to know how to take care of them. And you're talking about peds nurses that have been pediatrics for 30, 40 years, outpatient for how many years? you're gonna have to go back to The the charting is different. It's It's like saying you have to go learn how to work at starbucks by tomorrow like you just learn like in a three-hour class and the computer is different and it's when you're old it's hard to learn the computer and so everyone was freaking out it was a big deal everyone is like calling out sick everyone is going on medical leave. it's like, crazy and i knew that wasn't going to happen i'm like this is never going to happen a surge, yeah, show me the numbers. And then our supervisor at our hospitals, my Facebook friend, he's also the next military, so he's a pro-Trumper. And he was always told me this is bullshit. Oh and he's a supervisor. So he sees all the admissions and all the ICU beds and he, he was like this is bullshit. And not to say that there aren't people that are sick or people that you know are in the ICU. However, I think we've learned a lot from what happened in New York back mm-hmm. in the day when they were putting everyone on vents right away. And I even said back then, oh, maybe they shouldn't be on vents. This is not working. And I was when we were seeing all the nurses coming out and the respiratory therapists and all the lives and people crying. Do you remember all that yeah. was on Instagram back, yeah. back in March? When yep. were like and I was nursing. sharing all of them, yeah. And there was all these vents that weren't being used. Uh, and then people asked me, People, someone just asked me yesterday, is it true Is the hospitals busy right now? So this is the thing right now is it's flu season. So we're always busy in flu season. We're always maxed out. Before COVID, we were maxed out. So are we gonna be maxed out again? Yes. Is it gonna be all COVID? No. We've been testing coronavirus for 30 years. Coronavirus, it's in a 17 viral panel along with adenovirus, RSV, 17 viruses plus, Influenza A and influenza B. And now we have COVID. Everybody with a sore throat right now is getting tested. Anybody and everybody. I work in the tents now. I've been in the tents since March. Testing tents. And it is so crazy. Over 700 people come a day to get tested. Wow. Imagine wow. four people processing that. Four of four us. Four people. Yes. 700.
0: And what are the accuracy of these they tests? They wait
1: four hours in four the parking hours. lot to get through the line to get tested. And what are, what are, what
0: are the accuracy of these tests? Because I've been hearing some mixed reviews on that too. I
1: actually just heard this morning from uh I actually just saw it this morning pop up. He said, he was talking about the COVID vaccine more about, but he said that th- they're highly inaccurate. I don't see the results. I, we just test them, so gotcha. I cannot personally say, Oh yeah, I've seen A, B, Where and C. i have seen ab and I hear just what you guys hear, but I think that there's a lot of false negatives. I think that you could have coronavirus, which is the common cold, and maybe test positive, which doesn't mean that you have it, and it doesn't mean that you're a carrier. I don't even believe in, do you remember Judy, Dr. Judy, thats mm-hmm. I'm sure your listeners know her, and she said from the very beginning that there is no such thing as asymptomatic carrier. Really? So I knew that because it just made sense to me. Like, you can't, I can't give you a sickness if I'm not coughing on you. They hear that on the news, and they're like, oh, I get asymptomatic carrier. Help. Show me how! Help. help. That's where the sense. masks
0: come in. So I would love to talk to you about that. What is your opinion as a registered nurse on masks?
1: Oh, it's BS masks should never be worn for a healthy person. Why? If I'm healthy, why should I wear a mask? My friend got yelled at the ATM the other day. She told me that some lady yelled at her because she wasn't wearing a mask outdoors at ATM. I walked in press juicery because I'm not used to wearing masks because I'm don't. i an anti-masker. And I, I forgot, even though I have to wear it all day when I'm at the hospital. And I always get in trouble because I always have it down and somebody will you know, yeah. come by my boss. But I have to breathe. It's hard to breathe in those things all day. Mind you, I worked all summer when it was 100 degrees out there. Oh, man. 100 plus. They would give us ice vests. Wow. And, and it's weird because in the very beginning, we had heaters. It was raining. And then it went to the summer. We had ice vests. And now we're going to go back to the heaters again. Uh, I went to the press juicery, and this lady goes, pressure, your mask? And she goes, I work in a COVID unit. And I said, So do I. <laughs> she was so <laughs> mad. She right. Went, mm, and she stomped off. You know, and I was like, sh- I wanted to. I just so so do I. I, I wanted to say, first of all, you, you, if you should know better, because if you're healthy, you shouldn't be wearing a mask, period. If you're old, you shouldn't be wearing a mask, because you have to breathe. If you're young, you shouldn't have to be wearing a mask. Yeah, I've seen children, child. yeah, I'm seeing it's babies logically yeah. screwing you up. Oh yeah, I've been in the airport and I saw this Asian family and they had the masks, they had the shield, they had both their kids and masks and shields. And I felt I'm in a science project. It's devastating. They don't realize what they're doing to their kids. And then I'm smiling and I'm trying to talk to them and they're just looking at me. And I take the mask down and I smile and then they smile back. Once I take them out, they see Uh, me smiling. It's it's sad. It's devastating. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get fired one of these days because I'll tell the patient, When I'm in that line and I'm processing patients to get tested, I always ask them, "Why are you getting tested?" And they're like, "Oh, I don't know. Exposure. It's 85% exposure. So we have over 700 people coming in, and most of, all of them, oh my, my job, or so and so, my neighbor's uncle's cousins. Like,
0: why?" This leads me to my next concern and question, and I want to go a little bit down a rabbit hole with you. Vaccines. And what is your opinion on that? Will you take the
1: vaccine? And as no, a nurse, what are you going to do? Absolutely not. So that scientist I saw this morning, he said, unless you're over 70 years of age, there's more concerns with the vaccine than there is getting the virus. Why are people so concerned when there's 99.9% of a efficacy with the with the virus, like people, it's 99% of a cure rate. Like people, it's just mainstream media. Like brainway putting this, he said that 51% of the people, I guess this is now, are saying that they don't want the vaccine. Typically, it takes four years for a vaccine to come out, and they're pushing this in months. And this is a vaccine, a type of vaccine that we've never done before. They're they're taking DNA from what I'm reading is fetal cells and they're going to mix it with my DNA. No, I'm not taking that. I absolutely won't take it. And some nurses are like, are, am I ready to walk? I am, but thank God I have another project coming. So I have another way out. I don't know. I'm not taking it. I know in Ireland, for example,
0: you already have to, they have the passport thing. So if you want to travel, you have to already be tested and things like that. So I know that's ultimately what they're trying to do. It's crazy to
1: me. I could get tested today. It's just like the flu. And then I could get it tomorrow. So what difference does that testing make to me? I just don't control it's all control and what bothers me is everybody is just going along with it char was in a dance class last week and i didn't know this but no one knew and she shows up and they made them all test before they took a class really and i was like are you kidding me i was frustrated but not angry because i love this choreographer and i know he's just doing what he has to do to do the love of work that he does with his art but it's an invasion of privacy it's just so frustrating and (laughs) the kid is in the system I'm never going to get tested. I don't want to be in that system.
0: Who knows what wow. they're doing
1: with this? Now we just started this saliva testing. And it's just, I don't know if you've done the 23andMe, but it's just you have yeah, 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 heard of that you have to yeah. spit up to here. And that takes your DNA. I don't know if that's what they're, you know, what? but they have it. That guy this morning, he said the infection rate is less than the influenza. Uh, the COVID, you know, but I, and he said that is they're keeping the fear in the people. Why? Because it's fair enough to say that it's because of the election. Mm -hmm. And there's less people dying of that than influenza. People forget about the flu. My friend died of the flu two years ago. Not last one of the winter before. People, it's hard when you have the flu. And I know it's hard when you have the COVID. So many comments, especially on Shar's page, you're going out and you're getting people sick. People are dying. And they're hearing these crazy numbers that are like, millions of people are dying. No, there's not millions of people are dying. No, there's going to be millions of cases. Yes, because we aren't testing, like I said, over 700 people a day. Yes, there's cases. There's going to be increased cases because you could have a sore throat and maybe right. test positive. And this is another thing I've learned. I just learned that if my my nurse job, when I'm not in the COVID units, I have to answer emails to the doctors in, in a pedi- big pediatric pediatric clinic at Kaiser. And uh, these emails come in like crazy about COVID, and they ask all kinds of questions. If if their kid tested positive, when can I test again? And the doctors are like, you don't need to test again, period. Yeah. And if you do, you're going to be positive for a long time. It'll still test positive even though you don't have it anymore. Right. Yeah. So how can we keep track of these people that are coming in randomly that are just wanting to get tested? It's becoming like an point, obsession. It's so yeah. crazy. It is obsessed. It, it is an obsession. And they all got tested before Thanksgiving. I worked two days before Thanksgiving and we had 730. And they were in that line for four hours.
0: It's oh, crazy. <laughs> crazy. So something I want to talk about because ultimately I think you and I both agree that it's definitely a method of control and being able to then, what I believe, to push this vaccine. And it starts with, if you're able to take people's freedom away little by little, by the time they wake up and realize what has happened, all their freedom is gone. And so it happens with, oh, it's a two, three week just to flatten the curve. I knew back then, I'm like, this is not two, three weeks. Then then the masks. Oh, okay. Then the lockdown, then another lockdown. And now here we are at vaccines and tracking. So I want to talk about, you mentioned that the Democratic Party is the party of slavery. So I really want to dive into that because I feel like that kind of Connects all of the dots in the big picture. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I
1: cannot vote for anybody that's going to be pro abortion. And for my Christian friends that call themselves Christian, but they're all over Kamala and Biden, no, it doesn't go hand in hand. You are not a Christian and you're voting for abortion. And now they're talking about, and yes, it, it's just like, the ma- oh it's only two weeks when when we were shut down now they're going to full-term abortions and i just read that pretty soon they're going to be able to have a baby and kill it after it's born are you insane that's murder when is it not murder and then we and then people can debate what's when is it actually conceivable whatever but Why is it that because you are black or because you have a certain color of skin that you're told to vote for Democrats? Right. Why can't I decide who to vote for? Why can't we have independent thinking? Why is it so horrible? But then you have the Dems saying there's no democracy. You're not letting us have a democracy. If you're telling me that I have to vote for one certain party because we have brown skin, And it, your skin color is dictating your free versus independent thinking. And it's not right. And then you're called, you're called a sellout, an uncle Tom. There's all these words. I've even been told, go eat your Oreos. There's all these things that people say, really horrible, mean things. And people come to me and they're like, how dare you? How dare you? You have a black kid. How do you, you know what? Do your research, first of all. But back to the Democrats, because I had to do some research. And I researched back that the Democratic Party is the party of the slavery. Margaret Singer, which is the founder of Planned Parenthood, which is, they, they planted these, Planned Parenthood strategically in minority communities to target Black and minorities. Does that not make sense to you? And she was a known racist. Who well, those of us that have done our research, we all know Margaret Sanger, Bertha KKK, Jim Crow South, Black Wall Street. I watched Black Wall Street. I did my research. So all these people that are coming at me, please go do your research and then tell me. Because at one point, where did it switch? Because all of a sudden, now it's you're horrible if you're Black and you're voting for Republican. Back in the day, all Blacks were Republicans. And... The Democratic Party opposed civil rights movement, 13, 14, and 15, which freed the slaves and gave black people the right to vote. The Dems unanimously voted against those rights. How can I, as a mother, vote for that? Mm -hmm. There is no way. There's no way in hell I would vote for Biden. You can't pay me a million dollars. And let's talk about the real racist, because that's the real racist party. There's no way. No, there's no way. I would never, ever in my life. And I'm happy to tell anybody that I would. And I'm not teaching my daughter now what Charlize believes in. Charlize is her own person. Can you imagine believing that your kid, your if you're black, you are taught to be disadvantaged and oppressed? It's the suppression movement, and not confident. No, I teach my daughter that you are everything and you're confident. We're not oppressed. Am I aware that she has to work harder? Yeah, I'm not blind. I know that. So I'm not against, you know, I understand where they're coming from. And I know that we need awareness because I've seen it for 19 years. I've seen it in my daughter's struggle. I know that a white person can walk in that dance class and be mediocre and get different kind of attention than my kid gets. However, I'm not gonna play the oppressed role. I'm not gonna teach her that you're this, you're that. I'm gonna teach her you are this and you're that. You are everything and you are confident and you work. Around. You know what, there's this guy and I don't know his name but it's, he's in that movie Uncle Tom and I loved watching him because if you watch it, you'll know who I'm talking about. He was Mm -hmm. happy. He was smiling. And he said back in the day, he was at his job and he had the same job as his fellow white worker, but his white coworker got a raise and he didn't. So he went to the boss and said, Hey, got a raise. Mm -hmm. Is it because he's white? Mm -hmm. And the guy said, no, it's because he got a master's degree. And so then the gentleman said, Oh, I'm going to go get me a master's degree. So he went and got a master's degree. He worked hard and then he came back and he was like, Hey, I got a master's degree. And guess what? He ended up growing in his company and he, he got this position, that position. He, I don't know. He, he got, he developed his own. I don't remember, but it reminded me of Charlize's dad because that's what I was attracted to when I met Charlize's dad. he, never taught Charlize to be oppressed. He came from South Central and he came for, he had three stepdads, loser stepdads and one mom that refused to go on welfare. And she just worked hard. And so she taught him to work hard and he went to Berkeley and he got a master's degree and he's working, making a lot of money and he's doing very well, not using his master's degree anymore because he found a love for what he is good at and that's bodybuilding. And he is so artistic with his bodybuilding that he teaches a certain way of bodybuilding that no one else can cultivate because it's it's like being a choreographer and there's no other way that, He's his own, he's created his own style, basically. Mm-hmm. And he did so well with that. He figured, I'm, do, I'm doing better than this and I am. That engineering degree, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so when I met Charles, he woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning every day, and he still less, and he starts work at 4 a.m. every day. And he's a go-getter, and he makes his own living, and he's gotten everything with his own dollar. And nothing has ever been a freebie or a handout. Right. Or-
0: and so this is why where we're at in society is so dangerous and i made a post about it and i got a lot of backlash for it i talked about something victimhood victimhood and and on the flip side black privilege and the reason why i bring this up is because unfortunately the dangers of what i call black privilege can be used and it can be very dangerous and so when you brought up the situation of the person who got a raise and who didn't and they did because of the master's degree I've actually been in a similar situation and when I brought that situation up and so I'll I'll give a quick synopsis of the story I was working for a company it was all women so I knew it was in gender and so I wasn't getting a base salary this was for a sales company and they were I found out And so of course i felt all like why am i not getting the money and they are and so this was actually when blm was already happening this was in 2016 and so i didn't want to bring up the race Card, but I was very unconscious at the time. I was not spiritual. And so I was like, okay, if I need to, I'll bring up the race card, I guess. Maybe I will. And at the time, I was still married and I had a lot of influences around me. And so I went into the meeting and they told me that my co workers, one did have a degree, the other person ran in a company before they took the job. So they had more experience than I did. And so I brought up the race card and you could hear a pin drop. And they already were under fire for other things. They were being sued. And so they just didn't want that unwanted attention. And so they just looked at me and they were like, okay. And and they ended up paying me. And I felt such a sense of guilt. And I felt ashamed. And I was like, you know what? I need to just share this story because I totally used Black Privilege. Like, it's absolutely, they were not a racist company. I knew that deep down. Because if they were, they wouldn't have hired me. And so I felt bad. And I was like, I totally used Black Privilege to get what I wanted. Because they had a valid reason to not pay me. And then I got what I wanted. And I look back at that experience and I'm like, was that the right thing to do? No, it wasn't. And now I look at today and I'm like, how many other people are doing that? And how many other people are not willing to even admit that? Yeah. And so I think it's dangerous what's happening today, because what you're saying is very true. We are not oppressed and through hard work, you can achieve anything. And what you said is very true. Does racism exist? Yes. Are there discrepancies? Yes. But what they are preaching as far as with Black Lives Matter and all of those things, that's it's just simply not true. And yeah. what the mainstream media is presenting is just simply not true. When you have now a whole new generation of children that are like 9, 10, 12, and they're seeing these things and they're becoming indoctrinated, they believe that and they eat that up. Yeah. And so these social justice warriors that are parading around are believing a reality that's just not true. Yeah. And
1: so it's very and dangerous. And taught to love yourself and work for it every black person in america can do anything yeah and they don't realize okay 75 percent of children this is a big problem are born without fathers that's the problem that's the real issue here and instead of fighting what's broken that needs to be addressed because of the pathology that needs to be addressed it's a pathology it's a problem Mm -hmm. instead we play the victim yeah And then it goes into welfare and then illegal immigrants and these, we do need a wall. We do need the border. I want
0: to talk about a subject that can be a a bit controversial, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the entertainment industry. And I know you're a person of faith. So when we talk about the devil worshiping and all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. that dark hole that kind of forbidden, but it's coming more to light with the trafficking and all of that.
1: Watch Out of Shadows if you haven't watched it yet.
0: How has that made an impact for you, especially having a daughter that's Huge. trying to, not even trying, scary. she's already successful in the industry.
1: You could Affected ask me you. last year what my daughter's goal would be, and I would say to go on tour. Okay. We've always both, she's wanted it. I wanted for her both to go, have her go on tour. I think that's a dancer's dream. Any dancer would say that's a dream. Mm-hmm. Now, however, I don't know if that's the case because it's scary. I feel like you You have to be very grounded in your faith with Jesus very because the devil was there I can tell you people ask me this how has your daughter been so successful how is how, why is she so sweet how come she's the way she is and I'm like back to where I said she does want to dance with her clothes off she doesn't stick her ass out there she's not twerking she's always been like that since she was a little girl little I'm talking eight nine ten years old we would come from a contemporary class when you're wearing booty shorts mm-hmm. and a bra top and we would have to run at the market and she would absolutely refuse to go in the market without any like a sweatshirt and if i didn't have anything in the car and i was like you've got to be kidding me we just need to get milk and we're taking her to gymnastics class you have to do that in gymnastics she was i refuse so she's always been like that mm-hmm. so i have this job and it's very temporary as a nurse i worked part-time it, it, for a diet clinic, it was like a Lindora, and all it was easy because all I had to do was give B12 shots and I didn't make anything, like I didn't make a lot of money, so I didn't stay there for long. But that short period when I was there, my boss was very Christian, like her husband was a pastor, wore moo and it, like I every mean, she taught me if you if you watch a rated R movie, back then it sounded absurd. And I wouldn't tell her if I watched a movie because she would just give me a lecture. But I loved her. I like loved her. She gave me this wisdom that I didn't get from my mom. We always have someone that mm-hmm. gives us something that our moms don't give us. And so she, if I watched a movie, I couldn't tell her because she would tell me that comes from Satan. And <laughs> it sounds crazy. But then you look at it and you're like, well, it's true. Because all this excuse me crap that we watch on TV, it's not godly. It's not godly movies. God doesn't sit there and say, I want you to watch like sex on TV. And people might think I'm crazy me saying this, but so she taught me back then, pray over Shirley's, always pray over her spirit. So if that's one thing I've always said <clears throat> is pray over her spirit. <clears throat> and I always say to God that I don't care what the job is. If it's Beyonce and if it's gonna take her spirit, then I don't want the job because I don't wanna sell myself, my, my daughter's soul to the devil, it's not worth it to me. This life is temporary and my future life is forever. And most people are lost because the Bible says the road is very narrow to get to heaven. So it's saying that in the dance industry to dance parents, they probably think I'm crazy. Because wow. they think is everything when their kid gets a gig. Or when their kid gets their ass shaken on in front of Cardi B or whatever, like they think it's just God and it's okay for me. You can have wow. it. I'm okay. Wow. However, that's hard because that's where she has to make a living. My daughter has to make a living. However, it's a hard road to be. We can go down that rabbit hole and talk about what happened to Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. What happened to these artists that started out gospel singing and they weren't making it. And now look at what they they basically look at Britney Spears. What is going on with Britney Spears?
0: That's really sad. It's scary. What is
1: going on? Is she cloned or is it MK Ultra or you know, even Justin Bieber? Like they say that he's a born again Christian. But that we, we don't know. We don't really know unless we're Justin himself or God knows. But that's really hard to make it in this industry and also loving the Lord. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: And I think also there's an element of not knowing if it's really real. And I'll be frank with you. I wasn't raised super religious. And I know yeah. I told you offline my former life. And so there's a lot of skepticism. So unless you're really faced with it, like there was an interesting interview I watched with a person who worked as he uh, worked in the finance industry, and long story short, once he found himself with really powerful people, he pretty much thought it was all a joke, and so he found himself in a ritualistic situation, half-naked women and blah, 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 and he thought it was all fun and games until they were sacrificing a child, and he was like, whoa, this is real, yeah. and it broke him mentally, and yeah. he got out of it, yeah. and so that's when it dawned on him, like, oh, this is actually for real. So I think sometimes up and coming artists and dancers and those in the industry, they don't even really realize how deep this goes until it's exactly until they're in it. And they're like, oh, this is actually for real. I thought this was just woo-woo. And that
1: just goes to show you back to that boss that I had. Her name was Tammy, by the way. And she told me, Satan isn't just that your grandma got sick. Satan is really real. And They say that he is controlling this world. We're just little minions and robots on this world. And that's why the Bible says live in faith. We have to live in faith and believe that that God is real. And then as long as you, it's really hard because Satan is everywhere, everywhere you go every day. And you have to just remember to, to pray and bring everything to God. And that's hard because we all stress every day i stress every day i'm really full my, my problem is anxiety that's my thing and god says don't have anxiety i got you basically i got you come to me but yeah get back to the industry it's tough so we are opening a studio just because i wanted to have my it's weird right oh i have this we started this back before covid before mm-hmm. any of this mm-hmm. and one of those dance dads said to me who, who do you think you are? What are you doing opening up a business right now in the middle of 2020? And I'm like, dude, I didn't just do this. Now, this has been a project for a year, over a year, because it started in summer of 2019. And who would have known? We were. Right. Here. I think if I this would have known, would, who would do this? No one would be stuck opening up a business. Mm-hmm. It's scary. What is your vision for the dance studio? If you're familiar with the playground, that's what mm-hmm. we wanted to imitate because... It's interesting because all these years living out here, we live in Santa Clarita, and it's 25 miles north of maybe Hollywood, maybe 20 miles north of North Hollywood is where the dance community is. And all these years, I wanted to move down there because I've been tired. Of the, I'm tired of the drive. We, we drive did. out there every day. We were driving out there every day for how many years? Charlie's heard me cussing out on the freeway. And there's one freeway to get out here. And you're stuck with how many fi- We have fires out here every year. When, and there's a fire and you're stuck for hours on the freeway. And I'm so sick of it. And to be honest, this, her fans know, because they'll make comments about, she's whitewashed in the school she goes to. But I didn't grow up out here. This is where Char grew up. So she's more white than me. <laughs> I grew up in the city. And this isn't my favorite area. It's growing on me after all these years. So I wasn't planning on staying out here. We were going to move that way but all of a sudden and that's just another whole can of worms what came to me how I decided we decided on the studio but now we're doing it and now we decided obviously because we're opening up business here to stay but I figured this came in in someone this actually got to give credit to all these fans this is another fan that told me to do it and I was like no I'm not going to do it Banji this is for you (laughs) if you're listening (laughs) she told me to do it Kita's doing it you can do it I'm like oh I don't know I don't know so what we wanted to do was bring hollywood to santa clarita because of the drive that i did every day in all these years we were like we're going to move over there but it's expensive over there i thought that's why we're renting here because we were trying to save their million dollar homes over there just to right. get a little shack if you're going to buy something 500 you're going to get a one-bedroom little shack. and that's not what char wants she wants a nice home so and she deserves it so we were going to save and we we were gonna move that way, but now you know it's cheap housing out here. Why don't we do this and let people come here, build your own community. community. Yeah. Camila so Camilla Cabello's choreographer lives out here and he's totally jazzed. I love him. Calvet, mm-hmm. I love he's so dope. He's so if you don't awesome. know Calvet, you gotta look him up. Okay. He did that major laser video mm-hmm. that Char was in and he's just so he's so sweet and kind. He loves Shar, and we respect him and his work and he's excited because he, he doesn't have to drive down there to teach anymore right. and i think it's going to be great and there's there's some dancers that it out here that's there's, awesome there's quite a few that's great so i think it's going to be okay i think it's going to work oh out. you're
0: filling a need
1: where it's needed yeah. it's actually pretty brilliant yeah. and i'm going to go back to my aerobics it's now zumba it's not aerobics anymore <laughs> but i'm going to go it. back to the love that i had when i was 20. i love and, it um yeah i've been
0: And you guys are co-owning this, right, you and Char? Yes, so
1: I'm going to teach that in the morning to the moms. Oh, brilliant. And then we're going to do, I even have people that want to teach karate there. So I don't know, maybe we'll bring that in. I don't know. That's awesome. We'll figure it out. I love that. It's it's nerve-wracking because it's like, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? But the other side of me says you can't live in Mm what-ifs, and you have to go for your dream. Mm -hmm. And this is Char's backup plan. Because being a backup dancer can be scary. It can be scary in the world that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Because I'm worried about her soul. And I'm also worried about financially. You're just waiting on another gig.
0: Right. Dance studio, you're taking the reins. You're taking charge. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Before we wrap up, our conversation is you mentioned dance
1: dads. Can you share your point of view on that? Yeah. So this whole thing, when it first started, they were coming at me hard. Really? Yeah. One of them. And these are guys, mind you, that I respect, that I love. They were probably my favorites. One of them I've stayed at their house when we were out of state, drinking in the bar with them, totally love them, respect them, love this kid, love, 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 one of my favorites. And I can't think it's me, Julie loves my kid too. It's, he would question me at the beginning of COVID, for instance, what would you do if you were the president? You wouldn't close down? It's funny because president gets all this, oh, we should talk about Trump. He gets all this flack for shutting down, but then he gets flack for not shutting So So like, no matter what he does, he's going to get, I've heard people saying he didn't shut down soon enough. Well, he shut down the whole, I just heard a Republican the other day that was against him talking about how he handled this whole COVID situation wrong because he shut down the, the world for the last year, but then you hear the other people that they think he should have shut down sooner. Sure. So you so just can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. We all know that, but so yeah, so this dad came at me with those kind of questions. And then it just led on to when I was going down all the rabbit holes with the sex trafficking questioning posts that I would post. And every time I post something, it DM me, it's always in my DMs and I wouldn't wake up to it and it would fluster me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not good. It makes me anxious. So I'm going type of a person that likes to answer it right away. Instead of I'm learning, I'm right. 50 years old and I'm learning to let it sit mm-hmm. and get my thoughts together. And maybe don't answer him or answer the next day. But it would fluster me because I'd, I'd yeah. want to answer it right away. And then it's I would answer impulsively and not very nicely. Yeah. And then that's not nice. And I should have maybe just let it. And then when they came on my Facebook, that's when I really got angry. Because I don't really do Facebook anymore. I, I haven't in a long, like, years ago, I stopped with that. I have it in the posts automatically go from my Instagram to my Facebook. Oh, but I don't boy. generally <laughs> go on Facebook and look at comments or engage back and forth. I don't look at other people. I just wait years ago when i was in i still on a netflix but i haven't this i figured i would rather waste my time watching a good show than spending hours on facebook that's when i left facebook years ago because of netflix not because of 2020. nowadays people are leaving it because of what's going on in the censorship however he, he would he already knows how i feel this is my thing i don't go to your page i don't write stuff on your page i don't debate you i don't go in your dms if i did then i get it but i've never gone to these dance dance pages on their facebook or instagram or their dms do their wives know they're dming me because i don't understand point. i feel like if i'm a single mom and i feel like it's always been a target my whole life and i feel like people don't give me enough respect and they talk to me like I'm younger than I am or don't have enough knowledge or maybe because my lack of words or judging me. I mean, even my friends that are 20 years younger than me, God bless you. I love you. Jazz, I wrote something the other day, a, a funny post, and, and it was a fr- Friday, my favorite movie, Friday. And this it was a meme that this fan put to Charlie's, And I was like, oh, my God, it's my favorite movie. And she goes, what, girl, what do you know about Friday? And I, I took it a little bit too far. I took it offensively because I was like, you're... T- 30, I'm 50, is my era. Black or not, she said, those are like my black films. And I'm like, well, this is my era, sorry, but I grew up in LA and we all watched that movie over and over again, my favorite line of give. That's my favorite line. So anyways, um, back to what I was saying. So these people are at me, my throat, and I I got choked. I feel like if I had a husband, They wouldn't come at me the way they do. Like, Mm. what makes you think that you have a right to talk to me like that? It's patronizing. I I told one of them, and and people are gonna know this is a choreographer's dad, another one, a very well-known, very respected male choreographer. And the dad has a large following, the dad. And this is his business page. So your business page is coming out. Everyone loves him. We've had drinks together. we shit the shit. I love his wife. I love his kid. We, Charlize adores them. I adore his kid. He said like really rude rude things to me. Let me just tell you this. How much do you love your kid? And I'm like, okay, look, why are you asking me that? And he goes, how much do you think that I know about SM? What's What's SM? Social media. Oh, okay, because you have a bigger following than me. So you're worried about followers. I see where you're getting. Basically, he's telling me, I'm just concerned about your daughter's opportunity. You keep talking about Trump and this in this industry. Worried. You should look out for your daughter's best interest. Wow. But then this is the same person that calls Trump the orange man. No, you're saying that because you hate Trump. Exactly. Because that's the acceptable narrative. Yes. And I said, I'm more worried. I'm not worried about man hating me. I'm worried about Jesus. And then I, I kind of handled it wrong because I think I threw in Jesus at him. And it was like, okay, people that don't believe, it's really irrelevant. It's like, why? do it, did it make sense to him. But it, see, But see, you? I hate
0: to interrupt you, but I, I don't understand why that's even... How is that handling it wrong? See, I don't understand why that's even an issue. And I, I hate that... We've gotten to a place in society that just speaking your mind and just speaking yeah. for what you believe in is not okay. And the fact that he can say the orange man or whatever derogative term yes. towards our current president, yes. which is completely disrespectful yes. and you share your point of view and your faith is not okay. Like yes. how did we get and you're so long? I don't get that me
1: alone. That's crazy. To and me. finally, what really ticked me off this went on for many months. Oh, and then he starts to talk kept talking about the followers and I'm like, okay, my daughter and your son are literally almost side by side, the same following. And you have 17,000 maybe, I have seven, who cares? I don't care, because I'm not working. My account, my pers- it's not a business account. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I don't care. I'm not making money on Instagram, I don't care. If I cared about losing followers, I wouldn't be posting when I'm posting. Right. My daughter is fine, I'm not worried about my daughter. She tried to take that angle at me. And what really took me off is at the end, like months of this went on, And it was just recently, and he literally screen recorded something that I posted, and he posted on his story. And then you could see my name at the top, and he was putting smiley, laughy emojis. And then he wrote a comment like this She's uh, officially lost her mind. He's being a bully bully. Yeah. An online bully. And that yeah. really hurt my feelings. Because this is somebody that I, I love. You're You're artistic. I respect you in that sense. And then I'm still following him. But, and I told him please unfollow me because obviously I'm triggering you so bad. Right. To the point where you're, you're... becoming a bully. You're you're reposting stuff that I'm doing. And that's me. What did he say? He didn't say anything. He didn't respond. And he unfollowed me.
0: Because I think he recognized what he was doing. Yeah. Like, Doesn't his wife see that? I don't think... And this is not to excuse his behavior, but people, and this is the thing about Trump, which is very interesting. And this is why it is the Great Awakening in so many ways. Love him or hate him, he is waking so many people up and amplifying who they truly are. And so it's interesting. I've lost a lot of friendships and acquaintances, but See. and it's I, I'm very grateful because it's amplifying who people really are. And it's just making apparent where they are in their consciousness and how they're behaving. This is how I look at it, and this is where I'm at. I think if it's a healthy conversation and it's moving it forward and it can be productive, then that's a good thing. But if it turns into bullying or if it's personal attacks, yeah. I just have no tolerance for that. It's it. hard
1: because in the dance community, they're mostly all liberals. But there are a few There aren't. There are a few that have damned me. And they said, I'm proud of you. Talk. And that's the thing I, just, I was just about they to say.
0: To and talk. that's why the whole phrase of silent majority is so powerful because especially in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of people that are silent about it. And so even though they project themselves as liberal because they want to stay working, even business owners, they don't want to
1: lose business. And so they can't talk about it publicly. I think you really have to be grown enough and prepared to have that conversation. For instance, if Shar was going to say, I support Trump, she has to know why she has to be. I told her, you're not." Regardless of how you feel, you shouldn't talk at 18 unless you really have. You got to be ready for the yeah for you that thing. conversation. You have to be politically aware, yeah, you yeah. have to know what to say. If you're with these and some choreographers, which I think is really bullying. It's not right. They've texted her. Did you say this online on your social media? They screenshot it. Did you do this or is this your mom?
0: You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Reprimanding her.
1: Okay. And then I said, you don't owe a response and then when he's on purpose in person how do you feel oh i hope you're i already know how your mom's but i hope you're not voting for him and char she's not ready she right. giggles yeah she's figuring things out i didn't know anything 18 like i said i was 30 with charlie's dad and he chuckled me being a Republican. i didn't know i still didn't know i didn't i'm 35 i hear you once you wake up and you see what's going on you don't go back That's why, to my Kentucky friend, I said, I can't talk to you right now because we're in different frequencies. When you wake up, I can talk to you again. We can go back there. But it took me to go back a year, what I knew last year. The thing, yes. Well, the thing is, and I can say
0: this because this is what happened to me. And because cognitive dissonance is very real, oh. is that your reality shatters. And so I went through a two-week depression. It's so big. Yeah, it's but I so went big. through a two-week depression once I realized everything I knew was not real. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to face that. Yeah. And so a lot of people aren't willing to face that yeah. because then if everything I knew was a lie or fake or not real, then what does that say about me? And if I can no longer identify with this label or identity, whether it's I'm Black or I'm a Christian or whatever it may be, then who am I? Outside of that. Right. And that's why people have a hard time going to sleep. People have a hard time meditating yeah. because who am I when I'm alone with my thoughts? Mm-hmm. Because really being lonely, being alone scares people because then who am I with that? about that that's why people have a hard time sleeping because you're alone with your thoughts who am i alone with that and so i found that once i went through that little that's that stint of depression and i came to terms with that and i woke up with that for me what really helped me like i worked with a life coach i journaled i had a lot of tools at my disposal luckily to help me with that i would love for you to share what helps you? I know you've, you said that you deal with anxiety. Are yeah. there some things that have helped you stay sane and stay focused, especially with your daughter and the backlash you've gotten? What are some things that help you?
1: Friends and Bible. I have to come back to the Bible because if I'm struggling or crying or upset, or I feel like I said this and that and I shouldn't have that or my daughter lost followers, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, all these negative thoughts. What are you doing? What did you say? What did you do to her career? Is that true? What said? Now she's not going to get opportunity because he's right. You are ruining her career. I've had trolls say you, her career is canceled. They've said that to me. Wow. And I have to be strong. And I go, okay, bye, block. And at the end of the day, and those thoughts doesn't mean those thoughts aren't in my head. But at the end of the day, I have to go back to the Bible, and I have Jesus, God telling me, no. You don't be afraid of man, be afraid of me. I will always have your back. And you know what, after that happened, I had two days of that depression, two days because she got so much trolling and I did. We, we followed Trump on her account by accident. It was by accident, to mm-hmm. be honest. I did it and didn't even mean to. Mm-hmm. And then she, it, that's when it all started. Gotcha. And okay. I was like, oh, holy crap, what did I do? And she's, oh my God, mom. But then she was fine. I was so worried about my daughter. She wasn't really even no. that upset. <laughs> no, she came home and she was like, what are you eating? Like She was taco night. Like it was, everything was great. And what's so funny, she did these TikToks with some kids and she got, after that conversation, she got 35,000 followers. Wow. You know, and she hasn't grown, can I tell you? In a year, in the whole year. I remember last summer being the same number. So after we got bullied and after she gained thirty-five thousand. Wow. Yeah. And after I blocked like 50 trolls. Yeah, she gained. And it just goes to show you that a talent will always prove your worth. Wow. And you know, it doesn't matter to me what people are gonna judge here and there and it, she's fine she's happy my kid is happy that's the end of the day and what to answer your question the bible I, I have to go back to scripture and it really helps me i read a daily book it just gives me i put it on my instagram every day my story and i always think i'm going to inspire somebody and if anybody if it's just one person i have some my christian friends says just stop leah because it doesn't help people You'll, you're never going to change people social media doesn't help people they have to learn within themselves you're not going to change anybody over social media. And I'm like, no, I don't agree. Planting seeds. I feel like people do read and everybody's on social media. That's the problem. And if I can help one person, then I've helped one person. And if 90 people hate me, but it helped 10 people, then I'm OK with that.
0: Yeah, I think it's the power of planting seeds and you are planting seeds in the subconscious, even if they read your story or your posts and their conscious mind didn't grab it, 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 in the subconscious mind it's been planted. And also that one person knows a person and they know a person and they know a person and they know, a, you know what I mean? So there's that compound effect.
1: We were watching this when I was painting the truth about cancer and I started opening up to vaccines and the CDC and whistleblowers. That, that, that doc, whether you like vaccines or not, it's so good. I put something on my Instagram. If you go way back down there, I put stuff about what they did to the black community with the MMR vaccine Mm -hmm. and they hit it and they were killing people. And then they were cooking the books and they were frying it and they were burying it. And then a whistleblower came out and he talked about it. And they won't tell you that the public does not know the amount of vaccines that these kids get now before the four months is more than you'll have in your whole life. The schedule now is different than it was when my, my daughter was a kid. If I were to have a baby today, I wouldn't vaccinate my kid.
0: Same. Yeah. And people are calling that selfish. And yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And when I people agree. like first came out and they said stuff to me, mean kids said, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. And I said, no, not my daughter got vaccinated. But 20 years ago, the schedule was so different. And I was even waking up 20 years ago. I read about stuff years ago and I didn't do the major. I just did the major ones. I didn't do the extra. I would never do that HPV. Mm-hmm. ever can mm-hmm. you research that
0: i have i actually almost got it but i was too old i was just I two mean, years girls too are old. passing yeah. out on it mm-hmm.
1: and you know the placebo with the hpv is mercury they didn't even use water wow they did a placebo with mercury and girls are passing out it's called pot syndrome pots I think P-O-T-S, and I can tell you, because I work in a, a vaccine clinic, basically, mm-hmm. and that's all we do every day, Right. and I see them come in with, uh, so I've seen, it, there's 70, I think, million cases of autism now. When I was growing oh, up in the 80s, I didn't, I didn't even know what that meant. I've never seen an autism kid in my life growing up. Even <sighs> nursing in the 90s, I, went, I graduated from nursing school in 1992. i have never seen a case in nursing school. All those years back in the day, never saw autistic kids until maybe I saw my first, maybe when I was a baby. And then now it's one every couple kids has autism. And then the, the nurses that work in that and they still deny it. How can you deny it when you see it every day? They're right. just blinded. Yeah. They just think it's by chance or just because or genetics or whatever. No, it's not. This is or all the eczema they get or EpiPens. Everybody has an EpiPen. I can tell you because I answer the emails, and everybody needs a letter for school to carry their EpiPen. Everybody has eczema, allergies. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, there's apparently a, a fund to get a settlement, and it's government funded. Uh, and who's paying it? The taxpayers. I think it's 70 percent or 75 percent of people that go through the steps will get will get paid. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Can
1: we pull it up? I have this. Um here i posted this just yesterday this was as of december 1st 2020. this is the national
0: vaccine injury compensation program has paid was that four and a half billion dollars wow that's insane
1: and you know that you're not even allowed to sue i don't think yeah. people realize it yeah you so injury, you're not even allowed to sue Robert yeah Biden, ronald reagan, reagan 1986 mm-hmm. yeah you're not it's devastating to And people don't realize that. And then you have a problem, and then now they have this special vaccine court. And that's hidden. That's a secret, this vaccine court. That's a hidden secret. I didn't even know that as a nurse. So I discovered all this, and I was listening to these 10 documents, and the MMR vaccine, I was like, whoa. Yeah, the more you go down the rabbit hole, the the more you find. And then, B. (laughs) why are they giving babies hepatitis B vaccines? You technically don't need it as a baby, but you you make. When you start having sex is really when you possibly might need that vaccine, hepatitis B, but not as a, an infant. You and know, they're giving used, them they're all to give it. And they you just go, okay, you just listen to what they tell you. Yeah, I can tell you nurses that are on the right side in the NICU that don't like giving it. Yeah, the awake, the woke ones. Wow. But it's so crazy. I remember my daughter got, she was dancing too, a lot. We were at ballets out of all places in Vegas. And it's like the smokiest, oldest hotel. And she got pertussis because I didn't give the booster. And everyone thought I was terrible because she had the whooping cough. And I worked in the hospital and that my pediatricians were like, oh my God, she on you, but I was like, you know what? I'd rather her have it and have a higher, have you anything, she has a higher immunity than these kids that have to continue to get boosters. Mm-hmm
0: bill gates is yes. like who put this man in yes. charge and just he's using people as guinea pigs when i saw what was happening in pakistan and in africa and just all of these places people. yeah but then publicly this is a he's success kids. there's what's what appalling is it africa
1: where they won't let him in or india
0: in- and then when you hear melinda gates say well, yeah the people that should get it first with the covid is the yeah. african-american community yeah. and yeah. those in the uh yeah essential workers, it's just, what is your MO here?
1: So. And you know, it's interesting at my job, they push it so hard, it woke me up too. Cause I've worked in Peds all my life and it's not to say that I'm against medicine because in inpatient is different. Like for instance, emergency medicine, if you broke your arm, I'm here to help you and give you your antibiotics and morphine and get you better and get you out, but it's when I transferred to the clinic outpatient and it's just all these well baby checks and all these vaccines it really woke me up and i just don't like it it doesn't sit right with me mm-hmm. and they have incentives so it's every nurse has to give so many um shots and vaccines and so many doctors have to give it and then so many facilities so it's our facility against the other kaisers and the other nation nationwide and then it worldwide or whatever nationwide or statewide statewide nationwide. And it it just goes up and up. And I think the doctors are probably pressured because it's part of their job. And I I don't know what, if I was a doctor, I would just want to get my own private practice. But they're, they believe in them, they believe in the vaccines, because that's what they're taught in school. But it's crazy. I walked in my boss's office and they have a big whiteboard and it's literally tallied up the flu vaccines. It's like a sales it meeting. Is, it is, wow. We have monthly meetings and we're, it's re- hit hit it, your quota. quota. Quotas, Yes, and, and everyone wants a jacket. You know, if you get so many, if you give so many, you get a jacket. And I'm like, you guys, wait, what? Have a jacket? I don't care about the jacket. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, and it works on bonuses. So it's the, the more we give, the more, the bigger the payout, the more bonuses. So it's it's a sales job for sure. That's one thing that I really didn't like coming from other children's hospitals when I came to Kaiser. It's just I felt like I'm in a corporate world. I felt like I have a, I still feel like that. I'm in a suit and tie. I just want to take it off when I get off. Yes. Yeah.
0: And yeah. well, now with a mask. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is crazy. What's an unpopular opinion that you have? I know you have many, but what's another one that we haven't covered?
1: So. My daughter being biracial, she always had great hair, very kinky though, very curly. Mm-hmm. And she had this, it, it, she made a statement. So back in the day when it was popular to straighten your hair, mm-hmm. everyone was straightening their hair. We did not we, we we rocked the fro. And people don't, I think the hate comes off of social media so bad. They don't realize it's like you leave a restaurant and you leave a bad review before you leave a good review. They don't give, me enough credit, or my daughter enough credit. We didn't touch her hair until she was 18 years old. Most moms don't wait that long. They uh-huh. they start straightening their kids' hair and do all kinds of crazy stuff when they're young. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we we waited until she was 18. She was well enough to say, okay. She and everyone knows, shara that and it follows her journey knows that she wore that bun, oh, that, that infamous bun she wore for many years, and I was not a fan of the bun. And none of the fans were they were like dance with your hair out they still do dance with your hair take the freaking bun out and the bun would bounce all over her head and i was like oh my god for god's sake take the bun out so i kept saying why are you dancing with this bun is it because you don't like your hair why is it hot what is the problem and i always did really well with her hair i even thought about opening up my own podcast like With my friend, because she has biracial kids, and just talk about hair and how we learned and Mm -hmm. who taught me. I I taught. My daughter how to do her hair from day one. Shampoo once a week. Use the silk scarves. Don't dry it out. You comb it out (laughs) with a comb. Not tender-handed. We use the conditioner every night and then a leave-in conditioner. And I would experiment on different products. And I know it worked well with her hair. It did work well with other kinds of curly-headed kids. So we know all of that. I know all of that. I'm very well-educated on her hair. And so is Char. I came to a point where she wanted to, she didn't relax her hair. She did a keratin treatment. Just oh, to kind of okay. loosen the curls, because she didn't want to wear it like a fro. She wanted it to lay around her face, mm-hmm. and it was very controversial. Very wow. Very controversial. People did not like it. They didn't like her changing her hair at all. And it's she already had a big following at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, why is it that like Beyonce and everyone else can change their hair, but Char can't change her hair?
0: Part of her brand.
1: Part of her brand. Yeah. And they're like, but you wore that. You're supposed to wear that forever. rock that fro forever but it's i would tell people it's only hair it's hair if she doesn't like it she can grow it out but whatever makes her happy we can't make you always want your favorite influencer to be a certain way forever and Mm -hmm. they grow up and then she highlighted her hair and then when she does a keratin you have to flat iron your hair Mm -hmm. and it has to stay in your hair for as many days until you wash it out so the treatment stays in your hair and then they would say things like, you've fried your hair, you've straight ironed it too many times, you've ruined your hair, all these hateful comments. Technically, she th- at that point, I was like, she only flat ironed her hair three times in her whole life, and she's 18. Three times. So, you know. Get a lot on. of assumptions. Yeah. yeah. And so, How did hair, that affect her? Her hair is a big deal. She just gets irritated. She's can they just leave me alone? Let me be me. Leave me alone. I want to change my hair, so let me change my hair. She's
0: 18. She's experimenting. I think every kid wants to just have fun.
1: Yeah. You know, and don't be negative and mean and common. But I understand their point, too. Like, I understand rocking the fro. I think it would be so cool if she could just rock that fro. But I understand where she wants to change it. We I change my hair every month. I've been pink, purple, black, blonde. We change our hair. We're women. It's it almost. Makes it doesn't feel better.
0: Fans almost, I guess, they're viewing her as like an object, but like you're yes. this. Yeah. How dare it's you so do that? Right.
1: On social media.
0: I always end every episode with some life advice or words of wisdom that we can leave our listeners with. We shouldn't be judging each
1: other mm. because we all screw up and we're all regular people. And I still drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's
0: okay. <laughs> I think with that, those words of wisdom ring true. We shouldn't be judging each other and just leading our lives, doing our best. And I think something that really resonated with me, and it's been my theme with the Great Awakening, is once we know better, we should do better. And that's always been my aim. Yeah. So.
1: And my hope is that I. this isn't just, oh, it's a trend, mm-hmm. or this is where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. My hope is to... Yes, Leah, open that Bible again that's been closed for so many years and continue your journey to wellness and Christianity and dig deeper and learn more. And it's funny because people will send me verses and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember this story, I remember that story. And I, I listen to the Bible too. I listen to pray, it's a app. I sometimes mm-hmm. I just listen to that in the car. Just if I don't have time to read. People can't read, it's hard for people to read nowadays.
0: Yeah, there's so many options now, technology. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So So there's no excuses, right? Yeah. All right. I want to thank you so much for for taking the time. I'm
0: so grateful that we connected. I know we connected through social media. You reached out to me. So I'm just so grateful. It's funny because the way this all came together, I saw a sponsored ad and I saw your daughter dancing. It was for like a membership uh, type thing. I forget the name of the company, but your daughter was dancing. It's wild. I think, I don't remember what it was, but like you can take online dance classes or whatnot, oh, okay. <laughs> but your daughter was dancing in the video. And I used to be a dancer back in the day. I did the Broadway dance center uh, program back in 2006. And so I was watching her dance and she reminded me so much of me back when I was 19. Cause that's literally when I did the program mm-hmm. and I was watching her and I was like, Oh my God, she's so adorable. I was like, she's so cute. And I was like, that's like my younger self. And, you know, I followed her and I was like, oh, she's adorable. She's going to be a star. She has that it factor. And I didn't even think about it again. Like just another person in the universe, you know, and then you commented on, on something. I don't even remember exactly how we connected, yeah. but it was definitely through Trump. And then. Who, asking
1: someone to be on the podcast. And I was like, would you. Yes, me I think
0: that's what it was. Yeah. And then it, it turned out you were the mom of this girl. And I had that fond memory. And I was like, what? What are the chances? And now here I am in LA sitting here and it's just, wow. And I just, I don't know, that just brings tears to my eyes because it's just such a beautiful moment. So just keep being true and keep living your truth because that's how you attract people that are supposed to share that message. And you're doing a great job. Thank you.
1: And you're, you're, sorry. Thank you. I always question, and here's something else. I always question, why am I like this? And when dance moms meet me, like they come because dance moms come from all over Canada, they come from all over the states, and they move to Hollywood to pursue their kids' dream. Mm-hmm. And we talk, we meet, and we're backstage and we're watching our kids dance. And those, because I'm always the verbal one, always. And they're like, Oh, so you're the one that says what I want to say, so you're the <laughs> one that says my thoughts. And I'm like, Yep, that's me. I say, so You do not love me or hate me, and right. people know that I'm a good mom. They know my heart is right. They know I wouldn't sell my daughter's soul. They know that we are honest people. We are good people. But I think on the outside, they might think, oh, she's a little crazy or they're a little crazy because I'm outspoken.
0: I appreciate you coming on here, speaking live. You went from not talking live at all to just sharing it all. So
1: So I
0: appreciate it. And I hope you continue to share. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on the show as well as any topics you would like for me to cover on solo episodes. Please just book a time with me using calendly.com slash let's vibe and we can hop on a phone call. I can get to know you and connect directly. I look forward to hearing from you and until next time.